0: Here's the thing. I made that tape special for today. My special Monday morning tape for you? Special! What's fucking Monday afternoon? You should get out of bed earlier. Come on, dude. Since when did this store become a fascist regime? Since you brought that bullshit tape in. Oh, man, that's great. That's the fun thing about working in a record store. You get to play crappy pap you don't even want to listen to. Because you're women. And I think that's a beautiful thing.
1: It's like a crime scene in my pants.
0: I also may need this to help soothe your womb.
1: It's a mix.
0: Even flow, red, red wine. Sunday bloody Sunday? Adam, did you make me a period mix?
1: that's so romantic
0: mixtape it's a genius move pops I can say everything I need to say to Dana without actually having to say it forget the tape trust me I know about women if you like a girl you tell her face to face here's what I know about women they confuse and terrify me I'm making a mixtape someone say mixtape it's your lucky day you came to the right guy. But I didn't come to you. You literally just came to me. You can't just throw some Top 40 stuff on a tape. You need to tell a story. Create a narrative about your love. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let's go already. He makes the best mixes in the world. Look at this cover art. Tris does not know what she gave up.
1: Road to Closure, Volume 12? Or oh, bastard.
0: Check, one, two, one, two. Yeah. Uh, Hello and welcome to, I don't know if this is the season finale of Canada FM, it's more like an in-between episode of Canada FM, the show that, uh, you know, does the deep dive into those Canadian bands that uh, didn't get a lot of traction outside of our home and native land. I'm Ted. Brian here. We're the big bird. And uh, stealing your lines. (laughs) And uh, today's episode, so we wrapped up with Sloan last week. And now we're kind of doing something in between the seasons where we kind of take a look back. At the episodes that were, and we talk, we, we, we make a playlist for you, the listener, to go make and listen to, and it can be a good accompaniment to uh, season one of Canada FM. And uh, so that's what we're gonna be going through today, and uh, it's kinda like, you know how Disney Brian released all those straight to video, The Lion King one and a half, yeah. or. Uh, they, they did those weird things. That's kind of what this episode is.
1: Well, it's not only that, but it's also a, a chance. Like, I don't know how often you went back and either listen to old episodes or went, if you had time to try to squeeze in old albums that we had previously listened to. Uh, like in the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, once we finished Sloan, I started to go back and... Kind of listen to, I mean, I still wish we could have listened to more Maestro, but unfortunately there's a lot of lost media out there. I still have to go buy the physical albums. Um, but like, I went back and listened to some, I got my hands on some more Doug and did more of a deep dive there. I still couldn't get uh, my hands on Terminal City, but I listened to the other albums religiously. Um, and I went back and listened to uh, was It was Trouble Charger. And okay, I, I'm not going to fully recant that whole episode, but I will say I was a little tough on those guys. Uh,
0: I, I think we were, especially Bill Prettle,
1: yeah. Like, uh, I think it, I didn't appreciate what he was trying to go for. I think he comes from the indie sensibility and he kind of wanted like just those indie kind of rock songs and that was the style at the time where Greg Norrie definitely has the ear for the pop song and I think he was trying to incorporate that as best as he could and when you have these two figureheads of a band kind of clunking it out uh, you might only get so far. Yeah. So, well, I apologize to that for busting their balls as hard as I did. <laughs> but
0: Well, like, hey, I've made a list, you made a list, and you know, I when I think about our lists, which is kind of funny, is there's a ton of similarities, plus two of the same track that we both had on our playlists. Well,
1: we've been listening to the same shit since we were like 13 years old. <laughs> and I mean, if you went back, I mean, I don't think anyone actually does this anymore, but if you know how people used to like stuff a lot on Facebook, if you went yeah. back and looked at mine and Ted's likes or the bands that we follow, they're probably
0: identical. <laughs> yeah, musically, yes. Yes. Other stuff that we may have liked, maybe not, but we are our own human beings. Yeah. Although, hell, even that same movies, same food, same clothes. <laughs> Jesus
1: couple of twins over here i know if we if i didn't hit such a massive growth spurt i know people used to make those jokes about us in high school like you guys share a
0: closet i'm I'm gonna have to take one here out of the because we would get the oh they go to the movies together every weekend oh what's up with these two (laughs) we'd get that all the time and i gotta go with the abed and troy thing people are just jealous man that's true not everybody gets a best friend that is true. That's not a luxury everyone has. Or so I gotta feel that there there was some jealousy of uh, of our little uh, kinsmanship. Well, not only that, like
1: people who grew up with their best friends, like even like you know, even you living out in Thunder Bay, that distance uh-huh. and that inability to communicate all the time that could easily lose friendships. But because we've made the effort to keep in touch and be in each other's lives, obviously. Uh, whereas other people, if they were more selfish, would just be like, eh, I'll see them when I see them. And then the, when they, when they actually do get around to seeing each other, they're like, wow, we are completely different people. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, it's easier to lose touch, but also it helps when, you know how people are like, you bump into some jag off from high school and you're like, oh, did you ever see so-and-so? Uh, we'd see them all the time. Like they're still our best friends.
0: <laughs> We have
1: not lost touch I all. love
0: that, too. Really? Because I don't hang out with anybody from high school anymore. I'm like, yeah, same group. Well, it's. <laughs> I mean,
1: after high school, there was a couple of people. Like, our, our late, dear, departed friend Malcolm said he was jealous of what we had as a group. Like, he had Ron. friends, but not in the same capacity. And even Brandon's wife, Erin, said the same thing. She's like, I only had a couple of close friends. I didn't have this massive group of wretched yeah. dipshits that we have.
0: Yeah, a lot of people have said that. That's just, it's, it's something to envy, being able to keep that close group of friends for a very long time, which is something we've managed to do. I'm also not very good at making friends. So uh, the ones that I got, I'm going to hang on to like grim death. That is true. When we were in our 20s, I was like, oh, I started hanging around with this new guy at
1: work. You're like, what? Who is this new person? Why the hell do you want to make new friends?
0: I can barely tolerate the I, ones I, that I have. I've just never been good at it. It, it's, it's hard.
1: Yeah, that's
0: fair. <laughs> like, what do you say? You want to come over and play X-Men? <laughs> Not when you're 25. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Anyway, the podcast has helped us keep our friendships and uh, our combative spirit, I guess, sometimes. Because you and I, like to, we like to compete a little bit. So uh, we'll throw out our playlists here and then maybe we'll throw the track listings up on uh, Twitter and uh, we'll see who's got the better one. I'll see if I can post the links to the Spotify playlist. Yeah. I got some exploring to do with Twitter. I'm, I, I'm still not <laughs> quite versed to the Twitterverse yet. And but, um,
1: also, is we sh- we got to make it known that these lists, it's these may not be the best tracks out there that this band has ever done. In my opinion, these, these tracks are great tracks that are, if I was to introduce you to someone who's never, like, an American... Or an Australian who's never heard of any of these bands. This is a good Mm -hmm. introduction to this band. I would would agree. So, like some of the songs that I have, I think might be one of their best songs, but not all of them. This is just like this is a top-notch song.
0: I think this is a great introduction to this band. There you go. I, I also I also want to ask you though, when you put this together, how much of it was was for the integrity of the playlist? Like did you do it all so each track is kind of independent of one another or were you looking for some kind of flow to it? I well originally I
1: had about 2 or 3 songs per artist and except, except for Prozac and Philosopher Kings and the Mo- I know even the Moffits, I picked two songs. Ill Scarlet I only had the one but most of them I had at least a couple and I had to whittle from there. So I was going by my own gut. And then I would okay. write the, the playlist, like the, the Spotify thing was an afterthought. And then the kind of positioning them where I did. Then I started to be I started to think of John kiesack and High Fidelity about the rules of the playlist. And I was like, I think these three would be a good grouping. And then this would be a good grouping. And then from there.
0: See, I had a feeling you'd say that. So just for the listeners at home, and if you can't find this clip when you're editing this together, I'm going to look like a real schmuck. Uh, Let's hear those rules from Mr. Cusack, shall we? The making of a great compilation tape. Like breaking up is hard to do and takes ages longer than it might seem. You got to kick it off with a killer to grab attention. Then you got to take it up a notch, but you don't want to blow your wad. So then you got to cool it off a notch. There are a lot of rules. Ah, there you go. Thank you, John. Thank you. <laughs> and I, again, I'm going to look like an idiot if you can't find that clip. So. No, no I'll, I'll find that my, clip. My, my, my reputation is in your hands, Brian. Okay. It's, <laughs> well, let's, let's start.
1: It's one of what? my favorite movies, and if I can't find that clip, then I'm just going to fire myself, and you can get a new co-host.
0: <laughs> but also. <laughs> so i got a lot of responsibility on my plate that uh, I don't want to do. <laughs> so don't worry. Your job's safe, Brian. Uh <laughs> Anyway, uh, well, okay. What were you gonna say before we get into the tracks here?
1: Oh, I was just gonna go on a side tangent about high fidelity, but uh, well, the, but I can table that for now. There's different shows and movies have different rules for playlists. Like John Cusack's of the school of where it has to be, you know, rise and fall. Then you got the that doofus Barney Stinson who thinks it's all rise. that's that's,
0: that's why you gotta go with. The more reputable pick there. <laughs> First up, I love how you say John Cusack as as, as if his this, this, his High Fidelity character was this real life human being, and then you say Barney Stinson, who's clearly a fictitious man from a TV show. You didn't say Neil Patrick Harris says this is what you have to do. You you attributed Hi. it to the
1: character Rob Gordon in High Fidelity. Such a
0: average Joe name. <laughs> Jeez, his middle name is like. William. Boring. Anyway. That's why I went with anyway. John Cusack. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about your our, our track listings here, because they're they're pretty similar, including the opening track. So what'd you go with? I went with Losing California by Slum. Yeah, losing California.
1: song? Uh, Well I had three Sloans as uh, I I had Follow the Leader off Double Cross, uh, Losing California and then um, Everything You've Done Wrong and Everything You've Done Wrong was close to being there just for the nostalgic factor because that was one of the first Sloan songs I ever heard and I love it Mm -hmm. Uh, but then I had to think of if I'm going to kick off a playlist what would be a quality song and Losing California has everything. It's 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 got a great guitar riff, catchy chorus, that great drum roll by Andrew Scott, where it, it just kicks off. I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't the opening track on uh, Between the Bridges, but uh, it's it's just got everything for a great start to a playlist.
0: It's kind of got a good... You always feel like you should be riding horses during that beginning <laughs> of the song. You know, it's like... Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's a very good driving song, i oh, always found, Losing California. I feel like you're you're, you're in a convertible, top-down, just cruising. Oh, man. yeah, absolutely. Know, something about that song. And a great hook in the chorus and everything like that. Yeah, great tune. Uh, I also went with Sloan. I did, except I went with Money City Maniacs. Oh you Can't go Very similar. It's, it's, Sloan's so good, good like this. they got so many songs that would be suitable for the opening of a playlist. <laughs> like, Underwhelmed is great for the opening of a playlist. Uh, the Good and Everyone is great that, for yeah. the opening of a playlist. They have, they've, they've found, Feels Good Do It would be great for the opening of a playlist. Oh, yeah. Um, they, they, they have that way to, 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 to get just the perfect song for the perfect moment. And uh, I picked Money City Maniacs because it's, it's it's the perfect song to kick off a concert to. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Slow start, big crescendo, the clapping. In fact, I was, so I was playing it. Uh, my wife and I were working in the nursery that we're putting together for our expectant child. And uh, I was hammering a nail into the wall to hang something. And it was right during the clapping part. So <laughs> I... Timed it up perfectly. Well, like I <laughs> and said, then I hammered it a little bit too hard, but you know, you know, that's I not guess short. you punched a hole through,
1: and then you got to spackle it up, don't you?
0: You're a real no, Tim no, Allen. No, no, hole punching. No hole punching. I did have to. I did punch it in too far, and I had to like use oh, okay something to pull it out a little bit so I could hang up where I need to hang up. And uh, I'm not good with a hammer. You're a regular man. Bob Beeler. Uh, I'm just not. I, I'm more like a regular Tim, the Tool Man Taylor. Is <laughs> it whatever I put together is going to fall apart instantly? Um, but, yeah, like
1: I said in the Sloan episode, Money City Maniacs, it's it's a perfect song to either start an alba, uh, a, a show, if the show is kind of going subpar and they want to get the crowd and, and themselves back in it, it's a great song for that. Or even if they wanted to save it as an encore, leave the uh, the, the audience juiced as everyone leaves, uh, like as a closing
0: yeah. track, it's perfect for that too. Everyone leave it on well, a high note. That's the great thing, is that they've got so many songs the playlist can be crazy and different every single night, yeah, it's like but it Pearl can be Jim. the exact same songs they play. Yeah, you know what I mean. But they just put them in different order, and you're going to get a whole different musical experience. But in your musical experience with the two Canada FM playlists, they start off the exact same way with uh, with two different Sloan tracks and singles. We didn't go deep cuts either; we went with singles. Yeah, I was um,
1: originally when I was thinking about this, I was going to try to shy away from singles, which. I think for the most, I think for the most part, I have a couple, but uh,
0: I tried to go deeper. Cuts. I went with a couple of deep. I got, I made the effort to go with a couple of deep cuts on mine as well. So uh, you know we have something in common about uh, track number uh, two both Doug in the slug songs so i'll uh, watch you go with yours first because this was a bit of a deep cut
1: yeah i went with the song um off their first album Cognac and Bologna. or Bologna for baloney for normie it's baloney
0: you're below we, we pronounce it like freaks
1: for some reason
0: <laughs> uh,
1: i went with the song stay with me yeah. It's a Faster song It's a middle Kind of back half of the album It's a great Like opening to side B Cause remember They only put every all their crap Out on vinyl um, That's true yeah So It's uh, It's got Everything Doug has, it, the fasty fast hooks, that the great piano—it's got like this ragtimey piano. It's got a great solo. It's it's rocking. It's definitely when they were doing those like club gigs or the fest it's definitely something that get everybody swinging. So it's a, it's a quality track to throw on a list, and I think it's in pretty indicative of what Doug and the Slugs offered in those early years. Kind of blended all these different genres, and uh, just siskels
0: all around. <laughs> no, I thought we changed it. What? Because Siskel was a dick. Oh, yeah. Don't you remember? So if you haven't when Brian says Siskel's all around, <laughs> he's giving it two thumbs up, like Gene Siskel. But between Siskel and Ebert, Gene was apparently a jerk, and Ebert was apparently a saint. So we should be paying tribute to Roger Ebert and saying Ebert's all around. All right, fine. Yeah. And you want to tell uh, everybody, because we went to the movies... Together, what they used to call me and you in uh, middle school and high school. Because we were both a couple of chunkers, they always called us Ebert and Ebert.
1: Ebert and Ebert. That was a nickname that. <laughs> they also called I... us. It wasn't even like uh, the bunch of people, it was one guy, Nathan Barry, called us. Yeah, and
0: Kevin, Kevin Andrew calls Ebert and Ebert too. And, they, and uh, a bunch of people did. Then they got <laughs> other people into it. And Vogel called us Ebert and Ebert. And then in high school, I think Zach Sharp called us Ebert and Ebert a couple of times. He's bigger than we were. It spread like wildfire. No, they didn't care. It was the movie thing. <laughs> and then we talk about the movies that we just seen all the time, too. <laughs> and be very, not even critical. We loved everything we saw. So it's not like we were, you know, <laughs> had discriminating tastes. That's true. I think we both gave Hard Rain a big thumbs up. Oh, we loved Hard Rain. I don't I think it's I'd go back and watch some Hard Rain. I, I'm i a little disappointed Hard Rain's not in streaming, to be honest with you. <laughs> Chris, you know, it, it's, it's got a decent little cast. You know, there's all those cool jet ski fights. That Pulling off a heist in the middle of a big flood is kind of neat. You get Randy Quaid before he went nuts. Yeah, didn't. Uh, it's, if, it's pretty good. If
1: memory serves, I think I wanted to see Hard Rain. You wanted to see Firestorm. But I think we had to see Hard Rain because either Firestorm was sold out or it wasn't at that theater.
0: I think Firestorm we couldn't get into. That was it. I think we made the right choice with Hard Rain, by the way, because Firestorm, what, it's Howie Long, and he's what, he's a firefighter, yeah. and he's fighting gangsters in the middle of a forest fire. I don't know. Also, I lo- Howie Long's not much of an actor.
1: I love how in Seinfeld they reference Firestorm, but it was a completely different
0: Firestorm. Well, yeah, it's like Sacked Lunch or... Um, Chunnel or uh, Checkmate, Checkmate, or Rochelle Rochelle <laughs> made up for the for the show. Although, you know, our, there's a guy on uh, Instagram, I forget his name, but he's made up movie. If you can just Google it online, like Rochelle Rochelle the movie, people have made movie posters for all the made up Seinfeld movies. I love how
1: the uh, punk band from the West Coast, the um.
0: Ah, oh, yeah, there's a good Canadian band. Oh, shit! Sure. Isotopes. Isotopes Baseball Club. Thank Isotopes. you. They have a yeah. song called Rochelle Rochelle And it's it's the song from the the mute Michelle the music. Yeah, I don't know if that would have been in the movie, but it's the big <laughs> song from the Broadway show. Anyhow, getting back uh, to track number two on our respective playlists, I went with a big hit by Doug and the Slugs, and I went with uh, Making It Work. Making it work takes a little longer. Making it work takes a bit of time. Making it work takes a little longer. Making it work takes a bit of time. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, the reason I went with Making It Work is um, I think it plays off of Money City Maniacs well, as we're keeping the energy up. Um, and there's just something about that sign, Making It Work. You know, they put it in the Trace Deli commercial, which we shared <laughs> on uh, IG, you know. Um, but also just that little line, Late night, booze out, man, I've lost all control relatable <laughs> <laughs> Well, also it's like when you
1: think about it because after like sometimes I don't go deep with the lyrics until like the second or third or sometimes 10th pass sure. and yeah. so when yeah. you were talking about uh, Doug's problems with boozing and his passing of cirrhosis and then I go back and listen yeah. to that afterwards I'm like he's basically it's like when Brad Noel sang like
0: pawn shop and he's basically talking about his problems oh, yeah. yeah it's 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 very sad in hindsight But it gives me good memories because at the time I first started really listening to Doug and the Slugs was when I was working at uh, Moose FM in Caledonia and we played all their stuff because we were like 65% Canadian. Right. And that was at the time too. We were going to that hip area of Hamilton known as, uh, oh, what's that hip? Augusta. Augusta Augusta Street. You know what I mean? And it was kind of like at that point we had found our our little niche area because we were already too old for... um, you know the place that all the college kids go to. S Village. S Village. God, I've been away from home too long, <laughs> and so we'd, well, uh, we we found this new place here, you know, and all the girls, they they're like thirty years old, maybe uh, late twenties, you know, and it's just it, it, the bars were all kind of sit down. There wasn't a whole lot of clubs, and when you go to the clubs, a place like Gallagher's, they would play new wave, yeah, and they'd play ska. And they'd play shit that me and you really, really, really liked. Yeah. And I kind of got into a real groove at that point in my life where I was listening to what I would call Gallagher music or uh, Motown Night music because they never really played all Motown Night stuff. This isn't in Augusta Street. This is a different part of Hamilton. Um, Absinthe, Brian? Yeah. Is that the bar? Absinthe. Absinthe. Absinthe, Yeah. But uh, they, they played similar shit. Fun, upbeat, soul music, stuff like that. So I was thinking of like adjacent stuff, and I always thought making it work would fit that mold really well. So whenever I hear that song, it takes me back to to Gallagher's with you guys and me trying to dress hip and <laughs> impress women with long, blown-out stories that I've ripped off from Norm MacDonald. That was my <laughs> uh, my go-to move, and it, it did not work. You know what's funny? Uh, last week, we talked about my
1: spite problem and how I'd spite people, yeah. and uh I think it was one of the last times I was in Gallagher's before they... I think they're close now, if I'm not mistaken, but... Uh, oh, wow. Okay. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But uh, we were in there, and I had a bit of a cold. I just wasn't feeling so good, and uh, so I was kind of out of it. And there, I bumped into a guy from my high school who always used to bug the shit out of me. He'd make fun of my voice. He said he made fun of me for not having any leg hair. He used to sing this very offensive song about me.
0: And I'll keep oh, his like, name. Do you want to sing the song? Do you no, want to sing the song? I don't. Okay. All right. I don't know the song, so I can't sing oh, it. I thought you heard it. I, I know it enough, but I'm not going to sing it because I couldn't do it justice. It was the, basically, well, the song was called When Will
1: His Nuts Drop? Because despite my insane height growth, I was a late bloomer on everything else. Um. <laughs> Laughing Laugh up there, fuzzball.
0: I'm laughing at what a douche this guy is. Oh, he's a piece I'm not of shit. At you?
1: But uh, <laughs> anyway, he bumped into me at Absinthe, and I was kind of out of sorts because of my cold, and I just wasn't like, I think I only went out because it was someone's birthday, and I was the DD, as per usual. So I'm like literally yeah. sitting in the, on a couch, just not even into it. So I went to go use the washroom to do the splash of water on my face. And he's he bumped into me and he's like oh it's brian i haven't seen you in forever i'm like yeah i'll see you later i completely snuffed him because i had to use the washer oh, wow. i just blew right past yeah. him i gave him no time and even though i wasn't even
0: thinking about it in hindsight i'm very proud of myself <laughs> you are a spiteful man brian last a very spiteful <laughs> man i've always felt that like sometimes if i bump into somebody from high school now it never happens anymore of course because i'm up here um but when i have in the past they're always really happy to see you, regardless of what kind of beef you may have had back in the day. They're, oh my god, it's you! You know, or you say nothing. Yeah. Because it's like, eh, do I know this person well enough to say anything to them? That's always awkward. That's why I love the fact that we're wearing masks now, because now you got the face covered up and be like, hey, sorry, I didn't recognize you with your mask on. Totally, totally avoid the uh, awkward conversation, which I love. Although, are you talking about when they
1: bump into you or me? Because I can't remember too many times people have been, like, excited to see me. Ah, I don't
0: know, at least with my experiences. I've bumped into people from the past that, you know, like high school past, like pretty distant past. Yeah. And if they recognize me, they're usually happy to see me, even if I didn't care for them back then. Yeah. And I'm nice back in return because, you know, they're different people now. I guess I mean it
1: depends most of the like I'd say ninety percent of the people I went to high school with if I bumped into them if they if I remembered them, I forgot a lot of people, <laughs> but oh, uh I know uh... if i if I bumped into them, I'd be nice. It's just a small select few who I'd continue the Brian last spike candle and keep that flame burning hot. <laughs> I'm sure they'd see
0: you and be so happy and so sad when you get them stuff it's like wow how sad is it it's been
1: 20 years and this guy can't let it
0: go <laughs> alright let's uh, let's move on to track 3 uh, what did you have uh, originally I had Whiskey Boys by uh, the Paolas but uh, well you can stay as Whiskey Boys by the Paolas because I mean, all the other songs I mean I, I can't. here's the thing with Spotify I can add songs to the playlist. I can't move them around and put them in order. Yeah, you can. My wife says he can. you can. You can. It's very yeah. easy. All right, fine. So, which one? I'll add it to your playlist right now. For the purposes of the here.
1: playlist, I'm going to add China Boys. But what I wanted, because they don't have it on uh, on the Spotify, was Whiskey Boys. But uh, China Boys is a great song. You got the boys thing going, though. Yes. uh china boys was a great song it was their opener it was really the the thing that opened the door for them and you know it's got those thumping drums and the great that line and the guitar kicks in and it's catchy chorus and it's got a lot of good stuff there and it's kind of um it keeps the opening three tracks driving and it's uh it's it's good upbeat Power jams, And then uh, usually in a, in a playlist by track four or five is when you start to kind of like take the gas off a little bit. So I think it eases nicely into the next
0: song. You know, I uh, I kind of did the reverse play. I, I went, I took my foot off the gas pedal a little bit early with mine. I went with um, a collaboration between Maestro Fresh West and Classified called um, Reach for the Sky. <laughs> And they sample Try by Blue Rodeo on the song. So it's kind of like, you know, stick to your vision. He did the Guess Who, he did it again. And uh, I, I will say, I know for our both of our uh, uh, Maestro songs, uh, we both picked the, uh, the same album um, Orchestral Noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that it's kind of funny. Yeah, that was one that kind of flew under the radar, but both had a big impact on both of us uh, later. Uh, I just think that song is great. Uh, they, I never in a million years thought "Try" by Blue Rodeo could be turned into a hip hop song, and you get two of the best in our country yeah. transforming it, and they make it a bop. <laughs> it's a great little tune and it, it it slows things down without bringing it to a halt, you know yeah. it, it just it, it just makes the vibe a little bit more mellow. Mileage, reach for the sky. I don't fly on autopilot control my own destiny. Don't you try it and uh a great example that I honestly believe Maestro Fresh West can do anything in hip hop music if you if you ask him to and including uh turning a slow blue, blue rodeo love song into a uh, a hip hop jam love it
1: yeah he's uh he's a talent that's why he's i mean he commercially right now he's probably not the top earner obviously that goes to some of these younger guys but it, there's
0: there's a reason why he's still around cuz he's that good exactly exactly what do you have for number uh oh yeah i guess we're going on to number 4 Hell, excuse me. (laughs) What'd you have for for number four? Um, Off the
1: second Philosopher King's album, uh, Famous, Rich, and Beautiful, I have the song She Stepped On My Life. One of their singles. It's a very smooth, jazzy song.
0: But you stepped on my life when I had one. You played your game. great
1: swelling chorus uh good flex for mr jarvis church and his great singing uh it it just i felt like at that time i guess it had been a minute since prince was like really relevant and no one was doing those types of prince type jams and the swing revival wasn't quite there and like the jazz just was at a bit of a standstill so they were kind of almost this
0: missing link now that you if you think about it that song does swing. It does. Quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, you get the big horn section going. And uh, I love the music video where Jar- uh, Gerald Eaton, uh, well, he was Gerald Eaton when he was in the Philosopher Kings, he's figure skating. I don't think I watched the music video. Yes, check it out. They're figure skating around in it. It's a good video. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, 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 for that album, they, they made their videos uh, quite memorable. Yeah, and that does... Bring it down. That's a good one too, because again, it starts soft. Yeah. And then the big horns towards the end. Very long outro on that one, though.
1: Yeah. But it's still because uh, it's still good to uh, drive to, or like it's a good walking one because you can kind of get into it. It's, uh, but it's not. It's not slow enough that you're just like it takes you out of anything. If you're doing something, it still keeps you kind of like motivated to keep doing whatever. But it's not. Fast enough where it's like obnoxious, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so with mine, we started high, we went a little higher, we brought it down a little bit, and now we are getting mellow and uh, ooh, ooh, steamy as well. I also went for track number four at the Philosopher Kings, except I went for their uh, first album, the self titled one, which is an absolute masterpiece. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. And I went with the song "Lay My Body Down," as uh, was it Doug Judy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine would say. (laughs) This is definitely, this is definitely a smush tune. (laughs) And, <laughs> uh, oh, man, it's uh, Gerald Eaton at his most soulful, uh, the, the, the you know, they, if, we, if we, there was no point. At one point, I thought we'd go, hey, who's the best drummer? Who's the best this from all the bands that we've lifted? The Philosopher Kings are going to get all of those oh, yeah. accreditation, including the best vocalist in Gerald Eaton. And they set the move. And this one has this trumpet that plays throughout it that just brings this really cool... New York jazz, maybe even Montreal jazz, because Montreal does that big jazz festival yeah. every year. Um, it really captures that from the mid-'90s, and it's it's, it's, it's definitely a throwback, and it's definitely, uh, ooh, something to play on, date night. <laughs> yeah, that whole album, I was, because my...
1: Like, we talk about it in the episode, but my vision of the Philosopher Kings starts at, you know, Baby, It Hurts to Love You, I Am the Man, stuff like yeah. that. I had no idea they came from such, like, a swing, jazzy kind of background. So I was floored when I finally heard that one.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. That You know, we, we that's one of my favorite albums by far that we've covered on the show, that self-titled Philosopher Kings album. I've gone back to it several times. Yeah, same. It's... It's phenomenal,
1: and I think what takes it up a notch is just because of how surprised I was. Like there's certain oh. there's certain Sloan albums and like you know, Duggan the Slugs. I was so surprised with how talented they were, and some of the Maestro stuff. And, uh, but that first Philosopher Kings album was just completely surpassed anything I expected, <laughs> especially yeah. from as a first album uh, effort. Normally, uh, some bands don't find their voice till album two or three. These guys just yeah, jumped right in with a masterpiece. And there,
0: there, there weren't any EPs. There weren't any uh, singles released or soundtrack appearances. It's just here we are. We're the Philosopher Kings, and uh, we're gonna make you want to go fuck your wife. <laughs> That's nice. Such a romantic. <laughs> I'm sure your wife appreciates that romantic I side. I haven't cursed yet in this, uh, in this episode, so I figured I'd, uh, I'd break one out. I'd be keeping it clean. All right, what do you got up
1: next? Uh, for my track five, I kind of want to flip it, but I mean, I'll just keep it as is. But uh, So my track five is also a maestro track. It's the Black Trudeau.
0: And the I'll be the black beer Elliot speaking to my delegates. No time for small talk, inflammatory rhetoric, I'm dead in it. House of commons know I got knowledge.
1: I think actually now that I think about it, I think it kind of uh slides nicely from the Philosopher Kings because their song builds so much towards the end, and then you got this Maestro song, which is also very building, it's very anthemic, and it's also just a great song. Lyrically, He's just, you know, some of the references and the things that he drops in there is fantastic. I gotta bring up the lyrics
0: on my phone because I was listening to it today and I was freaking out by some of the things he said. So uh, keep going, hold on. And also, because that album came out, I believe
1: that was 2013. So he had been going for about 20, 23 years, I think because that first When Your Backbone Slide or Let Your Backbone Slide came out in 89, I think. So it was like 23, 24 years. And Mm -hmm. so after 24 years, things come kind of full uh, circle with uh, uh, Flavor Flav and Chuck being sampled in there with the, where he's like uh, saying like black prime minister kind of thing, where it's like like, uh, scratched in. Yeah, 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 I caught that. uh, Because, you know, he started on tour with Public Enemy at first, and then when we watched him do that, Well, I assume we thought it was a freestyle, but he probably had that song fully flushed out at the time. But either way, we saw him do that at the uh, uh, Takes a Nation, a Millions to Hold Us Back tour. And we were just flabbergasted, which actually that album just turned, it had another birthday. I think it was last week. Oh, wow. So this is the 10th anniversary
0: of when we saw that show. About that, yeah. There you go. I'm feeling incredibly old. (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't feel that long ago.
1: No, I don't think it was that long. I think it was 2012. Almost 10 years. Okay.
0: Was that like the day? It was like the day before Labor Day, too, wasn't it? Yeah, I was literally leaving to go back to
1: school the next day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, here's some of the names he drops. He drops Drake, Little Wayne, Big Daddy Kane, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Um, we've also got, let's see, Christy Brinkley, Celine Dion, Shania Twain. Talks about both of them. Uh, he talks about the Toonie. He talks about Canaan. Uh, his high school teacher, Chris Parker. He talks about Stephen Harper. Mick Jagger. Cardinal Official, Rob Ford. That was the stick to nutrition line yeah. that I loved so much. <laughs> yeah. He talks about Rene Levesque. He talks about Watergate, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan, Jack Layton. Yeah. That was the one that made me go, holy shit, (laughs) he's Jack Layton. Black Trudeau, the one you nominated with Watergate since I was inaugurated. Negotiated and debated with Carter and Reagan at the MMVA, spitting bars with Jack Layton. Rivals want to ruin. He worked George Strombolopoulos into a line. (laughs) Yeah. He worked George Strabulopoulos in there. Mikel Jean, who was the governor general of the time, he worked her into there. Oh, my he, God. Uh, it was phenomenal. Yeah. That is uh, an absolute work of art, Black Trudeau. Yeah. You know, that should be the new national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. You know what I mean? That is awesome, that song. And If Maestro ever makes a run at politics, they should all stand for that song. He should rap it. it comes into the road. And it's also, it's,
1: you know, Canadian hip-hop fans, or, uh, sorry, up-and-coming rappers should really look to a song like that as something to really model after. Not this new shit where it's just... <laughs> it's just... <laughs> K Boomer. Shut up. It's just... (laughs) We've we've talked about this. I'm more open now musically than I have been, like, when I was younger. And I'll give stuff a chance. And there's some new hip-hop that does kind of like, okay, I I can see why people like this. But other stuff, I'm just like, it's it's all auto-tuned. And it's just, like, these incomplete sentences. And it's just, like, so... It's... It's so much as we like to say chaffa. and they, they use the n word as a place filler because they literally just can't say they, they I don't know if the person's not smart enough or they're not. Maybe they're not the greatest MC, uh, and so they can't come up with anything better than just dropping n words as place fillers. Or maybe it's one of the this new era of hip hop is more about the beat uh, than the lyrics. Maybe more people just bop to the beat than actually lyrics. Because I know you and I are very much lyric guys. We notice lyrics first yeah. before the
0: beat. Um, We're also, it's not it's not even the lyrics. You and I, if, when it comes to our rappers, we like the big voices. We like our Chuck D's and our Chally Tunas. You know what I mean? We like the people who make a statement and sound unique. Those have always been the guys you and me have gravitated to. That's true. And now the thing, the trend, is to pull that all back. Yeah. And sound like you don't even give a shit that you're recording a song. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's, when we, it's just the trend in music. It's almost like when we
1: used to make fun of uh, our our what we thought indie music was, whereas guys standing ten feet away from a microphone, just like yelling into it yeah. from far away, and it sounded so echoey and like they're trying to sound deep. We we're like, that's not indie music. Yeah. That's garbage. <laughs> I know it's not what it actually is. That was just our narrow-minded thought
0: of what it was. But, you know, you, you generalize when you're younger. Yes.
1: Yeah. Or just when you hate something, you just kind of generalize.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It, it, it's a trend right now. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully. What, what, it, it, it's, it's like the new Coke, Brian. You introduce <laughs> a product on the scene. Okay. And, you know, when enough people don't like it, something's going to come along that's going to sound true to form. And you're likely going to come in your pants. You're going to be so, oh, well, wow, look at me be involved. Tonight. Uh, you're going to likely get very excited and uh, you'll have a new favorite. You're unbelievably so. crass, Frank. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's,
1: there's a reason why Maestro's been around for 30-odd years and we're still talking about him. And these mumble yeah. trap rappers are going to be forgotten about within the next three years
0: or we'll they're, gonna, it, it, or they're I, gonna. I think convince. it'll find it, it'll it find its own place I think is where it yeah. is I don't think it's gonna go anywhere I think it's just gonna find its own place um, it'll find I think it's I think the stuff like mumble rap and trap is going to be more in lines of like a kind of techno and stuff like that whereas the more true to form hip hop is gonna have its own place as well right there's a place in the sun for everybody
1: you know, you could have made that rhyme. There's a place in the sun for everyone, but you ruined it. I'm not a rapper! <laughs> it's more I'm, barely a,
0: I'm barely a speaker! <laughs> anyway, anyway, what's your number five? I don't know, my phone closed on me. Hold on. Oh, boo. <laughs> too good for a piece of paper? so my number five alright so we had it going big then we brought it down we really mellowed it out now we gotta bring some punch back into it so the track I chose was I went to the payolas and I chose Reach for the Sky and I believe this was either used as um, it was either the opening track or the start of the second side of an album but uh, no no shit I didn't use Reach for the Sky because that's not a song that's a social Hold on. distortion I song. This guy twice. No, I, wrote, I wrote Reach for the Sky twice. No, I wrote Reach for the Sky twice because I wrote it for um, Maestro. And then I wrote it again for the Paolas. Hold on. What song did I actually use for the payolas? It wasn't Hammer on a Drum. Right, no, that's, no that's it wasn't Hammer on a Drum. Um, it was In a Place Like This. There we right. go. In a Place Like This. That's the one I used. Never Um, It reminds me of The Clash. Yeah. And um, especially with Paul Hyde's British accent coming through there. It really reminds me of Joe Strummer. And boy, does it pick the tempo up. It is uh, that new wavy punk sound at its finest. And uh, it brings us back to the party without really... With giving you a little bit of time to get ready for it. You know what I mean? Like, I've learned this from DJing weddings. Is if you have a slow dance, the last thing that you want to do after the slow dance is drop in a bomb that's gonna explode right away. Does that make sense? Yeah. You gotta find a song like an uptown funk that that's that's got that doop, do 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 and a little bit of build. Before you get into it, and then the party's back on. Because people have left the room, people have gone to get a drink, people have gone to the washroom. You need to hear them go, oh, shit, yeah, we're back to dancing. So then get back to the dance floor. So I used that mentality to break out of the slow and back into the the high octane.
1: When you're talking about DJing weddings, I was just thinking, of I can't remember if it was a show or a movie, but <laughs> they kept asking this guy, this DJ, to play... Something with a little more pep, and then he kept playing like these, like depressing jams.
0: That's from the goods, <laughs> right? The Don Reddit. That's, That's Craig Robinson again. This is the second time we mentioned Craig Robinson right. in like uh, 20 minutes. Yeah, hey DJ, this place is about to pop. Why don't you throw in some Charlie Daniels? Good call. Somebody tells DJ Request what to play. Hey, uh, play that clip right now from uh, This Is the End where uh, Rogan talks about R- uh, Craig Robinson being sweaty. There's no way he said that. Also, just can't stand him. Okay, fine. Uh, Craig Robinson? Never met him. He's hilarious. He sweats a lot, but he's a great guy. So it's going to be fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's what that's from. Right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the, the thing is, when, when you, you get out of the slow, you need to give people the time to fill up the dance floor. Or you're going to waste a banger. And you never want to waste your bangers. So, yeah. I believe that uh, my selection is perfect from uh, making the transition um, from one mood to the next. Thank you, uh, Paul Hyde and Bob Rock, for being so accommodating. All right, we're getting through this fast. Brian, what's your uh, track number uh, six? Yeah, I... Uh in theory, I should have swapped
1: ill uh Il Scarlet down for whatever.
0: Wasn't long ago when I Shows every day, I had was a road. Then I met you and my heart started up the van I didn't wanna go.
1: I should have swapped them with Philosopher Kings because I felt like the mood was a little bit different. But either way, it's still this is this is the kind of middle of my slightly mellow pack between those three. And uh but it's this is Ill Scarlet being, you know, summertime, mellow, upbeat, fun, but with better lyrics. Like, not like, mm. and that's nothing to t- take away from like your 1As or your. Uh, um, uh,
0: it's growth. They're showing growth. Who was
1: the, the other song? 1A and. Um, Heaters? Heaters, thank you. Um, nothing like, nothing to take away from those, but after, this was 2014, I think, so after almost 10 years as a band, it's, you're right. They showed growth, and and but they didn't. Well, they lost their sound a little bit, but they circled back to it, and the, it's a very strong song.
0: You're just still mad about that one up, Alpha. Oh, sucks so bad. You haven't let that go. <laughs> you haven't let it go. Like they put out a great song, like Down for Whatever, right after it. Clearly, they learned from their mistakes. Yes. And what and I I'm love commending about this them song, for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing: being an aficionado. It's aficionado. Oh, what? Uh, there's no you. A it's there's no you. It's a aficionado. Ask wife. what do you wife. think it is? What, it's okay, what do you think it is? Aficionado. What do you think it is? Aficionado. Yes. Aficionado. Aficionado. Yeah. Honey. <laughs> is it a or a aficionado or aficionado? Aficionado. The first one you just said a fishonado. Aficionado. There's aficionado. no you in there, you idiot. <laughs> Cigar aficionado. C- cigar aficionado. Read the magazine. There's no bloody you. So, I, it's not I quite really how language works, I, but I'm, I'm outnumbered here, so I'll. Here, why don't you? Uh, why don't you plug it into your like Google I, Translate? I, I, I'm agreeing, I'm outnumbered. I'm 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 admitting defeat. You got something to say? Come on over. You just don't know your own fucking language. <laughs> I think I do. Burn. for a radio guy you don't know how to fucking speak English <laughs> oh boy well get over here I'll, I'll tell, you, tell you a quick story of oh a couple boy. of words that Brian Brian knows that this used to bug him uh, I used to say instead of cereal oh my god you still do I would say cereal yeah, I still say cereal yeah you still do yeah Ugh, I guess it drives me fucking bonkers ingrained in my head and the other one, oh Brian didn't like this if I was saying I because that was just this was just talking fast. Instead of saying I'm going to my room, I'd yeah, say I'm going to my yeah, room. Yeah, you still do. I still do both? Yeah. You sound like an American ah. saying rough. <laughs> <laughs> Brian says I sound like an American saying rough. Yeah. That's, sometimes I wonder if that's like just because like you grew up around Toronto or whatever and you have like a larger American influence. I do have a very big American influence. But here. I I just honestly think that yeah, your how you pronounce words in your accent. Isn't really Canadian. That's it's it's. I like to say it's neutral. I would, but yeah though that's the like American accent. People get taught that accent, and you have it. Yeah, there you go. That's right. <laughs> that's not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it not a compliment. It's not an insult. It's, it's just kind like, of the thing. Where it's, it's you know you work hard not to have an accent, and they you have this neutral tone. Is it? Uh, you know, Ask her if I have teach an you accent. Old, uh, new tricks. Brian's got an accent, right? Yeah, Brian has an accent. Yes, he definitely has an accent. Yeah, Brian yeah. sounds Canadian. You don't. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought I sounded I sound Canadian,
1: ama- more don't. American than Ted.
0: No, you, you've got you've got the long A. I've heard you say "man" instead of "man." I thought that was like a Atlantic, like American you, thing. You, no, that's uh, it's a, it's a northern uh, thing. It's northern Ontario. Yeah, I've got up here. Everyone says it like that. Huh. You don't do the long O though. <laughs> Which is pretty oh, maritime of me. Oh. Yeah, my boss does it, and he's from Alberta, and he'll do. Yeah. Whenever he's talking about the radio station, CFNO, CFNO. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a big thing. I've caught myself doing it though well, since I've been up in Thunder Bay. That has ingrained itself into me a little a bit. The girl so. I
1: used to date made fun of the way I said out. And she said I don't say. Well,
0: first off, thank you, honey, for joining us. <laughs> Thanks, Brent. Right, let's give her a round of applause. Oh, here. Boy. There we go. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting hungry now. all right well, well we'll wrap up I'll order some food Anyhow, yeah go ahead you're telling a dating story
1: well it's not a dating story she just she just teased me the way I said out I guess I don't didn't say it
0: Ow. Yeah. He doesn't say ouch
1: <laughs> Ow. I don't know I guess it's not that Canadian <laughs> like, like
0: oh, you get old man whatever but uh. uh but what a way to swoon a lady huh well hi there you know, I'd really like to take you out for dinner. <laughs> Who's going to want to go out with that guy? It's like that. You ever remember that SNL sketch when, from the 80s when Robert Wagner hosted? And Robert Wagner, he's got his hair perfect, and he's wearing a suit, and he's on a date with this woman, saying all the right things, and she's so incredibly charmed by him. And then the, the first course comes, and it's like soup, and he's just picks up the whole bowl and just pours it down his, pours it down his shirt basically and then starts like licking the bowl and he's like and then she's just revolves he's like I know I'm incredibly dashing in every way possible but I eat like a pig <laughs> <laughs> he just had like and it's like a serious problem he has and he can't get his table manners together and then of course she like still loves him and gives him a hug and then he's like oh let's slow dance and he's like pressing into her body with his like hot soup he just poured <laughs> all over his chest so good old soupy it's a sales good if you ever. <laughs>
1: Would get that reference, classic comedy fans. But in terms of your point uh, about who, anyway, way
0: back, yeah, yeah, who
1: you're like, who would who would like that being like asked out like that? People from like New York and New Jersey, they'd be like, hey, listen here, we're gonna go out on a date, we're gonna get some pasta, like that's like just that's probably how they all just <laughs> yell at each other.
0: I'm sure, they try to clean it up a little, but they're trying to say, hey, you over there, come over here, why don't I gotta go for some meatballs. Come on, I'm sure they clean it up a little. It's not like grump all the time. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I guess it depends wh- what neighborhood you're at. I, in, I was in, listening in, to in this that, one. I woods. was
1: I was listening to this one comedian from. Uh, he's from Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and he's got that very yeah. obnoxious, like old school Brooklyn kind of accent, and uh, and his girlfriend, his partner, who they have two kids together. He just he's like. Because he's always worried about, like, her dumping him if he says something because he's very politically incorrect and everything like that. And so he's just like, he's like, listen here, Christopher. If you say something I don't like, I'm just going to punch you in the stomach.
0: i got to punch you <laughs> in the throat. Like, that's such like a New York old school thing to do. Yeah, That's, that's what you need, Brian, in your life, I think. I think you <laughs> need that kind of structure. So to, to keep you on a tight leash. Yeah, maybe. See so, I guess right. it's the only way I'll learn. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Where were we on the songs, by the way? I was talking You're about Ill Scarlet. Off on something Ill Scarlet down for whatever. Well you know what? I'm not gonna get to it just yet. I've got that on mine too. So why don't I just move on to my next track? Alright. Because you know I like to hog the spotlight. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you know what I went with? So after we got the payolas doing their clash thing. Um, I picked the song "Scatterbrain" by Trouble Child. Oh yeah. And um, it's off of the uh, maybe, it's maybe it's the me album. Maybe it's me album. The one before they really shifted over to the pop punk sound. Yeah, the Wide Awake Board. And I like those two, those last two albums, I think, better than all of the indie rock kind of thing. But Scatterbrain is this weird little gem on that album where, without being too pop, they kind of found a happy place that I think, had they stayed to without getting too commercial, could have kept the band going. Right. Um, Greg Norrie. Sings in a bit of a different kind of voice. It's the softer tone he had at the beginning of Trouble Charger. It really works well. Um, the guitars are really, really driving without being too poppy, and uh, there's a horn section in it. And of course, I've got a massive erection for horns <laughs> music. So, You're horny just, for just, horns. This was you could say that.
1: I'm a real horn dog. It's hot. <laughs> it's um, hot in my apartment. All right, I'm running low on material.
0: <laughs> but uh, taking the dive into that like that—that it, 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 uh, that made no sense. What I just said. Uh, <laughs> that's the only. That's what I meant to say. That's the only song here where I really used a deep dive and pulled out uh, uh, something that wasn't a single. Because Brain, I think, is a really, really great treble Charger song, and. Uh, a little bit of an underrated gem so that's what i went with to keep the uh keep the music bumping uh what's next for you uh,
1: it's number seven i think yeah okay uh, you say it was such anger no i was i was trying to do the brooklyn thing it's number seven um uh, <laughs> it's a, uh picking things back up it's a conline crush with uh, blood in the river i think that's off of affliction if i'm not mistaken
0: Okay. I listened to this one today. Yeah, uh,
1: it's 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 a great driving song. I feel like that really is where the classic, Econoline Crush song sound, sorry, really picked up. And I thought it without songs like this one, it wouldn't have fed into the great, you know, banger of an album that was The Devil You Know. So I thought it was a good uh, Mm -hmm. bridge into that new world. And it's catchy, and it's it's got the industrial. It's and it's uh but it's not too
0: dreary and downer. That was a really good pick, that one. And I think that that one, out of all the songs that you picked for your playlist, best achieved your goal of how would I introduce this band that no one's ever heard of to Econoline Crush? And I think that one is the perfect song to put out there to someone who has never heard a Conline Crush before. Hey, this is what this band is all about. Yeah. And you can kind of encapsulate it in that tune. Yeah. So, uh, well done. Oh, thank you. Well done. Oh, thank <laughs> Uh Up next, <sighs> I know this is one along with uh, Down For Whatever, but I'll get to Down For Whatever when I get to that. Uh, this is the other song that we both had. And, uh, you know... I think I gave it a. do I give it a C when we did our podcast episode of this song. I think we said C plus. it got aficionado that I am. There. I got the extra syllable in it. got aficionado.
1: It's not hard.
0: You're me re- you're aficionado. Like re- you're really
1: drawing this out. Oh no, my phone.
0: <laughs> Maybe I'm better at being proven wrong on the podcast. But it happens weekly. i <laughs> So twice. It's happened twice. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I went with the Moffats and sang I Love You. Because that's their version of a ska song. Scott Horn's in it. Uh, I believe it's Scott Moffat who sings that one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I could be 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 wrong. And and Scott was the one I I, I was shitting on bad when we did the episode. Dave was my guy. Scott was the one I was shitting on. But now that I think about it, I think it is a solid ska effort. And it's a good song for a nice sunny day. And here's one thing. It's an earworm. It gets in your head. Yeah. Because I was singing it the other day. And not only it's it's one of those weird ones that can kind of pair up with another song. So you know what I was doing? I'm sitting there listening to it in my head. I'm like, saying I love you. It's the hottest thing to do. America, America. Oh, this is you. That's what happened. And then I have the America's Funniest Home Videos stuck in my head.
1: I think. So. I think I've been listening too much of the the 500 podcast because lately, no matter what song I start to sing, I, I could start yeah. singing that. And then I start pulling the Josh Adam Myers and just start going like
0: ski, bop, whatever the hell I'm <laughs> singing. Me, Bob. And, uh, yes. Yeah, nice bop you do with me. I remember one time because, you know, you know, how jam gets me a little riled up for his, uh, him dissing on, uh. You know, reggae music well actually before you finish that story do you know why
1: remember how I told you we were going to get a shout out from them do you know why it got cut out by accident
0: well yeah because didn't they cut out it was part of the rant he did against 311 and they are like enough <laughs> nope of this and he was like 15 minutes he just went on bitching about 311 and I think Morty Coyle's like Teddy and Brian wouldn't like this
1: and, uh... <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> it was 15 it. minutes but it was getting as Morty said strenuous
0: <laughs> But anyway, getting back to that, uh, there was the My Morning Jacket episode. And they've got uh, the the album, I believe it was Zero. Is that the name of the album? was Zed. Zed. I knew it began with the Zed. It was on the Zed album. And it's a really cool little reggae tune. Yeah. And uh, so Josh is shitting on This is my least favorite song on the album. (laughs) And then he goes, starts off good, though. It's got a nice Motown (laughs) bopsky-doo. And because he said that, he won me back. I was like, ah, I can't stay back. You know, if I ever...
1: (laughs) If I ever got to meet Josh in person and and we talked about reggae, I mean, if you don't like reggae or like white people doing reggae, you know, that's your prerogative, like Bobby Brown says. But um, to say that white people can't do reggae, it's like, listen to you, telling me I can't do something because of the color of my skin, that is racism at its
0: finest. Thanks, uh, Jeff Anderson from Clerks 2. All right. All uh, right. But yes, uh, the other question I had for you. Mm -hmm. So you know I was having that issue with uh, saying I love you and the America's Funniest Home Videos theme song. Yeah. Do you have any that jam together in your head quite a bit? Like two songs that you start off thinking about one and it turns into another? I'm sure I've done it a million times. Nothing that's
1: coming to mind at this second. I was doing it the other day actually now that I think about it. But I can't remember with what songs. Yeah. Shit.
0: Yeah, I had a few of those. I used to have uh, back. Uh, a weird one that I had was People of the Sun by Rage Against the Machine and Stay by the Dave Matthews Band. It's a weird one. That used to always be like, this is for the people of the sun that come back around again. Doodle, 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 doo. Makes you want to, makes you want to. <laughs> stay! Come on in. <laughs> That's how it always go in my head.
1: Yeah. You're a. a, a an odd
0: bird there, sweaty teddy. We were doing mashups before uh, mashups became a thing. <laughs> Alright. What's next for you? Uh
1: track nine. I got friend of mine by Treble Charger.
0: We're not at track nine, you skipped way ahead. I just gave my track seven. Oh, You're track eight!
1: Shit. Sorry. I took my glasses off. Uh track eight. Uh Prozac, pretty girls.
0: These things so I'm is the only okay. thing I am. Oh, okay. Now, why'd you pick this one?
1: I've al- it is a good one. Let's do it today. I've, I like it. I've always liked that song out of the Prozac songs. And also, I, I just thought it fed nicely into the... I mean, it's nowhere near as heavy as a Conaline Crush, but it's got the kind of distortion on the guitar, so it's got a very driving, like, tunk, 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 kind of beat. And uh, I thought it fed well. And it's just a... It's a catchy song, but it's not you know sometimes with dance songs they are so inflated and overblown. this one is a quick yeah you know, we come from the punk community uh where it's you know two and a half minutes get you out that's what this song is, and it's uh it's a nice little ditty, and like I said when we did the Prozac episode, it brings back horror stories of trying to ask out women back in the day
0: because <laughs> oh, pretty
1: girls it's made us in we I know you mentioned we uh,
0: in the episode in the episode with uh, the eye contact that that was an issue when you would like a girl, and it was an issue with me too. Uh, I want to know now that you're a man in his uh, mid thirties, how was your eye contact with women you like uh, developed?
1: Oh, it's much better. One might say it's a little, okay. it's
0: almost too intense. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I had that for Thankfully, it was a coworker of mine a fellow who I was not interested in sexually and uh, he was talking to me and I could see myself looking off again I'm like no Ted try here try to make some eye contact with this man so I was trying to work on it yeah. and so I started talking to him I started to look at him like, what the fuck are you doing I'm like what do you mean I'm making eye contact with you you're supposed to he's like not like that
1: <laughs> no eye, eye contact hasn't and then the been the in-
0: time I was trying... No, keep going. This is funny. <laughs> well, no, even recent. a couple of years ago, I was out on an assignment for the radio station, and we were interviewing someone, and I was holding the mic up, and I was looking at the lady when she was talking, and she wasn't necessarily talking to me, but she kept giggling when she looked over at me. She goes, sorry, this guy, this guy. <laughs> like, me? It's just my face.
1: Yeah, that's uh, the last girl I spent time with who... Recently ended. Um, she would kind of chirp me for if I if I engage in too much eye contact. She's like, what are, you, "What are you looking at? What are you what's, what are you making the face?" I'm like, "This is my natural face. I can't help how I look." Blame <laughs> my parents for this goofy fucking thing.
0: You know what I'll do with with uh, with Bryn is sometimes we're sitting on the couch. I'll just look over at her and smile until she realizes she hates that. <laughs> 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 yeah. What do I, you want? It's usually what I get. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm trying to be romantic here. Like, oh, you're mean? so beautiful. No, oh, you're not that mean. You're not that mean. <laughs> <laughs> I am exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> what was your uh, your track, eight? Oh, down for whatever by Il Scarlet. Right. Just call me. things got Complicated. All
1: right, so what's your... Uh... Yeah, I,
0: I, picked that, I picked that one. Well, you know, I'll tell you why I picked it, shall we? Because we're coming off of the Moffats doing some ska. I felt like some afternoon reggae with a little bit of turntable action would uh, keep the party going nice. Plus, that's the kind of music I like in the summer. Just stuff that's unabashedly poppy and cheesy and awesome. And that is a whole thing. Down for whatever. It's a beautiful day. Let's go to the beach. Let's ride bikes. Let's climb a mountain. Whatever you got in, uh, on the agenda, I'm in. I'd love to see you climb a mountain. You'd be like Homer Simpson trying to climb that thing. It's like You're up to like 10 uh, feet. Uh, you're like sucking down oxygen. Oh, a- absolutely. <laughs> I've got no interest in climbing a mountain. I am not down for whatever. I like the idea of being down for whatever. Didn't say I, I would actually do it. You know how we've talked about this
1: before, not on the podcast, just in our personal lives, but how my vertigo is so terrible? Mm-hmm. Uh... I've seen people's dating apps or profiles on the apps and stuff, and I've seen pictures of them on the sitting on the ledge of a cliff or a mountain or something. And I get vertigo yeah. just looking at the damn picture. Yeah. Because I'm picturing I've, I I'm picturing myself sitting there with them, I'm like, oh god, and they start to like grab my
0: like armrest and I'm like, oh shit. I'm picturing like falling I, off that fucking thing. I get that too, but because I know I'm safe where I am, I find it exhilarating. There are Instagram accounts I follow just from those crazies who will climb to the top of a of a of a of a, of a uh, like a telephone tower and take a selfie of themselves. Yeah, you know, on, a, on top of a skyscraper piddled or something like that, and they'll put one foot over the air, look like they're gonna jump. They're nuts, but and I get the vertigo by looking at it. But it's such a it's such a safe rush. I know I'm okay. I'm not gonna fall. <laughs> Did I see? <laughs> that's that's the extent of my thrill seeking, by the way. Did
1: I see Ghost Protocol with you in the theater?
0: Yes, you did. Now that's what I was gonna lead into next. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, that was <laughs> that was me signaling you. Carry on. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, to, we saw it. Try to be generous with the mic, and not hog it like I usually do. Oh, I don't do.
1: care. <laughs> Hog away! I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm generous, but uh, no. When we saw Ghost Protocol, I nearly blacked out in the movie theater because that scene where Tom Cruise climbing to the side—I was just like getting cross-eyed. I was getting queasy in my stomach, and I was just like, oh, "I am in rough shape." <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I a family. That- like I think it's a family trait. The taller you are in my family, like the more vertigo and like scared of heights you are. My uncle John. Years ago, he took his family at the time, his stepdaughter and my, I guess, step-aunt, to Toronto for the first time, because they're all West Coast people. And uh, I guess in the CN Tower, because it's been so long since I've been there, there's a glass floor, and his wife, Uh Joanne, and his daughter, Jackie... We're, like, dancing on the thing. And my Uncle John's, like, sitting in the corner, like, petrified. <laughs> and he's like, come on. And she's like, come on, John, get out here. He's like, you think it was uh, that lady getting offered a piece of pie, just
0: doing the head shake. <clears throat>
1: Remember on
0: Seinfeld? The lady's Yeah, petrified. I know what you're referencing. Okay. You know, it's kind of weird. Living in southern Ontario for most of my life, I have never gone up the top of the CN Tower. I think I went when I Ever. was really little. I have. Yeah, that's something I've got to do. That's on my list. I've got to do it now. You
1: know, it's it's like uh, people that live in New York or anything, any big city, people are like, oh, I don't need to go to the Empire State Building and the Statue of Liberty. I can see it every day. You know what I mean? So they take it for granted. Just yeah. like how we grew up 45 minutes from Niagara Falls. <laughs> I think I
0: went once before we moved out there. Oh, we used to go fairly regularly when I was a kid. That was a usual family trip, so I've, I've seen the falls a bunch. Oh, okay. I went once in grade six. Yeah. No. But anyway, what was your number on uh, nine? Oh you already started it was a friend of mine by trouble Charger. i no claim on your design. I will not call
1: you a friend of mine. I can't. Tell us tell us why. Well, I knew I had to throw, just to be fair, I had to throw a Trouble Charger song Boy, look at
0: you. You you, you just said. You just said. I think we're too hard on Trouble Charger. Now you're acting like it was some chore including them on this playlist. No, no. I'm saying if I wanted to make, like, my ten favorite songs, I could have
1: easily bounced Trouble Charger out for, like, a second Sloan song or a second Doug and the Slug song. But to be fair, obviously I had to put them on. And I think this one... Uh, towed the line of kind of being true to their indie roots uh, Indie rock roots And still having the pop sensibility Because it's still a very catchy bouncy song I just I think they would have benefited from just slightly better production I think to really bring up the punch I don't know what it was or Maybe that's what they wanted I don't know But because I remember before we went on to record this episode Both you and I were talking about those first two albums, just the production level and everything just sounded like, even take their vocals out of it. Just yeah. everything just like, and they're like, you know, the, people sing how they sing. You can't help that. But everything just, it was,
0: like, it was, I think we call it jangly. Yeah. It but very jangly. Just, it was also
1: yeah. just like very like mixed funny. And so it just sounded very yeah. humdrum and just unoppressive. Cause you know, like I, I referenced the weaker than's in that episode, like all their albums are very punched up. And uh, the, he sings the exact same way. You can't blame the vocalist. It's all in the production. But yeah, either way, that's a friend of mine's a great song. It's very catchy. Friend of mine is a great song. Uh, yeah. So I, I'd say if you wanted to get into Trouble Charger, this is a good first step because you know you can take either a step back to their early stuff and say this is more of the indie kind of whatever stuff that they were going for, or you can say into the take a step right to the pop punk because. Yeah, you
0: know, that was a good crossroads for that. I will say, it's if we can give one more little uh, salvo to Trouble Charger. Um, I think I was pretty hard on the song "Red" when uh, we did the <laughs> yeah, episode. You I like "Red." It, it's it's grown on me since Prittle did a good job on "Red." <laughs> All right, getting to my number nine. Um, I went with Prozac, and I should mention that, yeah, Philosopher Kings and we had ten tracks on these uh, playlists. We only did nine episodes because Sloane was a two-parter, so we each took a Philosopher Kings and a Prozac just to kind of space things out. And uh, I went with from their third album, Cruel, Cruel World, which has a totally different vibe to it than the other two albums. I went with um, How Beautiful, which is this nice kind of afternoon, channels the 60s, it's very Sloane-like. Listen to the words
1: I say. How it is to you all the time. Oh, oh. How it is to love- oh yeah. Very In power sense. pop, very bouncy. Yeah.
0: It could have been a Sloan song. And it slows it off, slows it down on an octave after the ill Scarlet. And uh, the British accent that uh, Simon sings uh, on it. Um, It works. It works really well. It's like we're listening to Hermits Hermans. The Hermans Hermits? Is that it? Hermans Hermans, Hermits? Or the Turtles or something like that here. You know what I mean? We're really getting to that, you know, sunny day, 60s vibe. Yeah. And I am here for it. Um, (laughs) Cruel Cruel World was, for me, that was an unexpected gem. Yeah, absolutely. I did not expect that at all when we were going through the Prozac. Excuse me. Jeez, It sounded like someone was rolling dice. It sounded horrible. can <laughs> you get an x-ray or something like that? I think you knocked something loose. <laughs> I'll knock something loose on you. <laughs> get five of these when you sneeze. All right, what's, what's your last track? How, how, does, how does this Brian... Playlist close Ugh, So I close it out And the closures,
1: The closure's important I close it out strong With the Moffats Okay You close it out With saying I love you Huh? Yeah Cause it's uh, You know Things with the uh, With You know uh, conaline crush Prozac it's the hardest thing to need- Trouble charger Things kind of Gradually build back up into the, no. the rock. And I, I thought this was very upbeat. And it it's, is. Uh, you know, each person kind of gets their moment to shine. Yeah. You know, like you said, you were unfair to Scott. And, uh, no, I don't think I was unfair to Scott. Oh, uh, this
0: song. <laughs> With this song. I think I gave it dude, I, I picked this song. I, I was unfair to this song. That's what I mean. Because I think they did do a much better. They had a much better stab at ska. That I gave them credit for. Yes, but I'm not giving Scott Moffat all the credit in the world here. Dave is still the better singer and should
1: have been the full time lead singer. That well, day. that's why. Like, if I if someone if someone liked the Mo- or wanted to get into the Moffats, I'd say you know, um, well, I guess the perennial introduce you to the Moffat song would probably be girl or not girl of my dreams. Uh, what's the one with the video that I
0: get ranty about? Girl of my dreams. That's why you don't like his jacket. No, no, not that
1: one. The 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 one where all oh, their videos suck. <laughs> the one it's the first one. The first single. Uh, oh, I'll be there for thank you. Thank you. I feel like that would be a good introduction to the Moffins. Like yeah, okay. that that would be the best one. But in terms of like for me, fun and upbeat and it closes up the little playlist strong. I go with this one.
0: Yeah, see, I know that we gave. I, I I know in the podcast I definitely said that the sub songs from their second album were um, were a lot better and a lot more polished. I'd probably introduce them to uh, someone who hadn't heard. Them. Well, first off, anyone I like I just wouldn't introduce them. In the outfits. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm kidding. Uh, but I'd probably actually go for a first uh, walk around the park. There, uh, bang, bang, boom. That's probably what all I would take it. Yeah, you really yeah, like that a, song. I end up uh, Walking Behind. I like that one a lot, Yeah, too. that was good. Yeah.
1: So what's your number 10 uh, to close it out? So
0: I, I had to change it up. So initially when I did this, I knew that some of the songs I knew going in, I knew for Econoline Crush, I wanted the song Emotional Stain from the first album, Affliction, uh, just because it is a groove, man, and it's metal, and there's an organ in it, and it's hard rocking. And then it came time to actually put the list together and how it would flow. I just couldn't find a spot for it. Just the integrity of the playlist. I just couldn't work this one in. I couldn't make it work. So instead of just plopping it at the end, like I initially said, like, ah, it's the last song. It's a bonus track. You know what I mean? Mm. I, uh, I took the big shiny tunes four route and I put, You Don't Know What It's Like. 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 Just because it's a great song, the marketing for that was genius, and it closed out that Big Shiny Tunes album that it appeared on. And uh, really, once we slowed down with the Prozac a little bit, and then this is kind of a slow one, but it has that big, it leaves you wanting more. I feel like, and right. I feel like the last track on an album should leave you wanting more.
1: Yeah, it's uh, so many times the... I like to look at albums... I mean, it all depends on how many songs are on it, but I like to look at almost like a batting lineup. Um, you got your strong opener, and then uh, you got like a, a meat Heart of the Order, and you got, a, you got a couple of spot fillers kind of like towards the end and kind of like whatever. But uh, the... Because you want that rally to keep going, you got to have a bottom strong part of the order. So you got to close out the lineup strong.
0: Yeah, there's also the you know, but the National League they always put the pitcher in that ninth spot. So I don't know how well that theory holds. Hey, hey, we're Jays fans. We're Jays fans. We go American League. None of this pitcher bullshit. Did I ever tell you? So um, because we came from the school of you know dot. Interleague play and all this—the difference between the rivalry between American League and National League just isn't there anymore in baseball, right? And uh, I remember when I worked at Perry Sound. This is just before I left, um, just being sour and bitter at the Royals after they beat us in the ALCS. And I was going off on the Mets. I was cheering for the Mets. And go Mets! And, uh, ah, last night was a rough run for the Mets. All Blue Jay fans should be cheering for the Mets. Some guy calls me up and he goes. <sighs> I feel your pain, Ted. But listen here. The Royals beat us fair and square. It should be American League. You should still be cheering for the American League. I'm like, no, I'm better at the Royals for beating us. I'm not going to cheer for them. He goes, no, American League loyalties. I had never heard of this, but I guess <laughs> for some old schoolers, there's still American League or National League uh, loyalties out there, which I didn't even realize.
1: Yeah, there, I've, I've heard stuff like that where, like, you know, you get these longtime Phillies fans or Braves fans that would never even pay attention to anything going on in the American League. Yeah. Unless, I mean, yeah. I don't even think, cause especially look at Philly. The closest team around them is uh, the Mets and Yankees. But uh, if the Phillies aren't in it, I could see them just not giving a shit. Because they don't want the Mets to win out of pure... Uh, yeah rivalry, and they couldn't root for New York in general out of rivalry, so they won't give a shit about the American League.
0: There you go. Yep, that's where their uh, interests are uh, concentrated.
1: Speaking of 2015, did I ever tell you what I did when we got knocked out, when the Jays got knocked out? I was sitting in my apartment. I had this plastic kind of like crappy fan. I literally just picked it up and (laughs) smashed it. (laughs) I was so mad. Because I, I was so mad. It was one of those, like, it's like watching any time, count the thousand times, the Leafs have been eliminated, and it's always, like, these really death by a thousand cuts, so they just, like, play so sloppily, and it's just so exasperating to watch. Yeah. By the end, you're just, like, you're more just drained and sad. You're not as, like, angry. Um, except for this year. I was so mad. <laughs> but... Um, with that Jays one, you were just hot and bothered because they like they, there's no reason they couldn't have won, and they just couldn't okay. cash it in, and so I was so I was just so agitated. I was just had, like, ah, I
0: just smashed the fan. Had goens Goins caught that ball in game two? They lost in the sun, and he actually caught it. We win game two. If, and then we go up. Then we're then we're in the driver's seat. Three. I guess it's... Yeah, it's 3-2 going into yeah. Game 6 in KC. And if Ginger Lincoln doesn't stick his glove over the fence to give Zobris to Cheapy on the home run, yeah, if a rain delay doesn't happen that totally rattled Osuna, yeah. and if the umpire doesn't change his strike zone in the ninth inning out of nowhere, <laughs> we win that one too. And we would have beaten the Mets easily. Easily would have beaten the Mets. <sighs>
1: Although I will I know. say this, nice. yeah, I, know, I know you're a Jays fan first, first and foremost, but yeah. when we were kids, you were uh, this diehard Cubs fan as well. And then as the years rolled yeah, on, I like,
0: I like, I like the Cubs once the Expos left. Because remember when I was really young, yeah. I liked the Expos almost just as much as I liked the Jays. In fact, there's a few years I liked the Expos even better. Um, But uh, then when they left, I was looking for a new team. My dad had always been a Cubs fan. So I got on the 2003 Cubs bandwagon. I'll totally admit it was bandwagon, but I was in it to win it for the Cubs that year. <laughs> and uh, <sighs> Steve Bartman.
1: I'll never forget. After that Bartman uh, play, he, Ted was sitting on my couch, and then it was Bartman, and then the ball sprung out of Alex Gonzalez's glove, and then it's like Bang in, bang, boom, they lost in the- there. Yeah. <laughs> Bing bang boom they lost that game. Or I I don't even think we we saw I think you went home. But uh you came to my door the next day for school so depressed. <laughs> like I think I closed it the went. door in your face for a minute. I was like, "Oh, get out of here with this shit."
0: <laughs> Cuz I knew they were going to win game 7. And yeah. it was done. It was not that was the momentum and they killed it the Marlins. They killed it. And but, poor Bartman. Maybe that's another reason why I wasn't too big on the Cubs after that. It wasn't like, ah, oh, they lost. They're a bunch of losers. But it was the way they treated Bartman. Yeah, that's fair. That, they like, treated him horribly. Especially
1: when you think, uh, you, you watch those clips about how many people were going for
0: that ball, and... Everyone was! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every single person was going for it. he just happened to be the guy who, who, who was, who Moises Salu got really mad at.
1: Yeah, he's just pointing at him. Maybe it's because there's a Melvin and a turtleneck. I don't know, but, uh...
0: <laughs> he's the least threatening-looking guy. I can yeah, uh, you're pretty big, and uh, you know, I don't know. You got some weird tattoos. You might be spent time in prison. Not you. Uh, you with the turtleneck and the headset. <laughs> yeah, you.
1: Oh.
0: But it's funny because it, it,
1: after the expos left and that like the Cubs, your Cubs fandom was very easy to dwindle. Like when we went to on those Pittsburgh trips, you would get all jazzed because we took the little ferry over, and uh, you were you were enthralled by the game day experience and the better stadiums.
0: So you're like, this is is my National League team now. (laughs) I love how I said this once. I said this in the euphoria of being on a ferry looking at the Pittsburgh... And I know you're thinking, Pittsburgh skyline? What the heck is this guy (laughs) talking about? No, no. The Pittsburgh skyline at night on the ferry is actually it quite very beautiful, nice. especially with the stadium in the background. Yeah. It looks great. And we had a beautiful night at the ballpark. They put on a great show and I really just enjoyed myself when I was there. So I said to Brian and Jake, I said, uh, I'm thinking maybe I'll switch over and become a Pirates fan. I say this one thing 15 years ago <laughs> and the two of you haven't dropped it. You've been on my back about this ever since.
1: Hey, hey, for better or for worse, our National League teams have not dwindled. I mean, yes, there's seasons where Jake is not as in it, or there's seasons where I'm not as in it, just because whatever reason. I haven't had cable, so it's been hard to pay attention to the Phillies for me, but I, I do what I can. Uh, Jake coaches a lot, so it's hard to pay attention for him, but uh, he is never well, wavered off well, look at this way, look at this bruise. way
0: but the Jays will I always don't come really, first. I, the Jays are my team. I don't really have a National League team. Uh, I'd like to see the Padres do well this year because they've got a great team and they've never won, and they've got those cool brown uniforms, so I'm kind of rooting for them this Ugh. year. But really, I have my Jays, and then I have the team that's closest to me they'll go see a lot of games of. What right now is the Minnesota Twins? So I would actually say the Twins are probably my second favorite team. You because can't have a American team. They're <laughs> not my team. The fucking J's are. I've only got one t- team tattooed on my body. I know. Jeez, is this a sports cast or a music cast? <laughs> okay. Jeez, we've gotten way off the deep end in sports. Somebody's going to post this on YouTube and do the thing they do with Boar. Uh, Boar. <laughs> Phil Burr. Right? <laughs> you ever see that in the comment section? It's like, skip to 905. That's when the sports talk ends. <laughs> That's all I do. You, you can end the episode right here in uh, two hours and 15 minutes. That's when their sports talk begins. Uh, anyway, that's our show, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to post this. Uh, we're doing, a, I think, an off-topic episode, and then it's going to be into um, season two. And we're going to kick it off with a bang, a blue rodeo. Bang. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we're gonna start things. I'll tell you what, I'll give you guys a little teaser as to what the first five episodes of season two are gonna be. Because we might change. I know we've already made one change uh, later on, but here's how we're gonna roll this year. We're gonna have we're gonna start big with Blue Rodeo. 15 albums worth of music, so that might be a two-parter. Up next, the first lady of Canada FM. Uh, we probably look like a bunch of sexist pigs that we hadn't <laughs> covered a band with even a female member but we are going to cover one of my one of the best voices in Canadian music Amanda Marshall in episode 2 episode 3 we're going to return to the hip hop this band got bumped from season 1 The Swollen Members that's going to be a fun one uh, episode 4 we're going to go old school for some April wine And by popular demand, episode five, we did the Moffats and another kid band, Serial Joe. (laughs) Oh, wait for that one. A Serial Joe episode's coming up. And did you notice I said Serial Joe, not Serial Joe. Good
1: for you. You you, you pronounce it like a normal person, like everyone else.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Blue Rodeo is going to kick off season two in about two weeks. And, uh... I guess we'll see you then. And uh, do
1: the social media stuff, Brian. Uh, Canada FM, Canada F1. Or Let can- people know
0: where they can find us on social media?
1: That's what I'm saying, you jackass. Canada FM on Instagram. The screen froze. I'm sorry. Canada FM 1 on t- uh, Twitter. I don't know sorry, why you made me put 1, but uh, uh, Canada FM pod at gmail.com Give us a five star review on Apple, if you listen on Apple. Uh, as Ted likes to say, we are five star men. If you've seen it's always sunny in Philadelphia. See if you can
0: find the clip of uh, Dennis Reynolds saying that <laughs> or It's Always Sunny. Put it in here. Uh I'll find out if you found it
1: or not. Anyway. And uh, yeah, if you have a band that you'd like think we should tackle, email us canfmpod at gmail.com Or if 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 you're Instead of just cowardly posting in the uh, Apple Music saying these guys suck, if you want to email us directly <laughs> so you can put a name to the to the abuse, you can email us. Um, you know, I was going. Has
0: anyone done that yet? Not yet. Are we popular enough to people probably just go not. Like, ah, they suck.
1: Probably not. <laughs> but you know, I was thinking about it because I have to edit these things, and uh, I know you listen after I edit. And if need be, give me notes. But I was thinking about yeah. what we can do. I mean, obviously, some people have chirped us about going off, literally off-topic too much. Uh, it's what we do. A couple of our friends have... <laughs>
0: Sorry, that's the podcast.
1: A couple of our friends have chirped you for bringing up Wikipedia too much. Just just say for the sake of argument you do proper research. Just, to, just leave Wikipedia out of it. Whether that's all you use or not, don't mention it. <laughs> and a girl I dated I don't think she listens to the podcast but she told me last summer I used the word like too much and I'm hearing it a lot more when I edit so I'm moving forward in season two I'm definitely gonna try to stop using like as like a filler while I try to collect my thoughts I'm gonna try to speak directly with precision with my thoughts and not kind of be like oh like like I'm having a seizure
0: so that's That's my season two resolution that's
1: my yes my goal for season two
0: all right my goal is to keep staying gold (laughs) pony boy stay true (laughs) no i'm I'm gonna try to get a lot less tongue-tied because i've noticed i'll rush or i'll laugh while i'm talking and it'll come out as just garble so if i'm going to say anything i'm going to try to be concise with what i say here's a tip for uh, you enunciate a lot better
1: here's a tip for you when you print it off at work you
0: know, increase the font. That might help you from getting done. I can see the words just fine. Uh, there's a printer that was the printer issue. Um, was at work? <laughs> Someone from work's going to hear it. I'm getting in big trouble. <laughs> I ran it off the script. It screwed up the center of the page. So all the words were jumbled in the center. So that's what it was. Are you sure that's what all he right. said? I'm sure,
1: Peggy. He enunciates very well.
0: <laughs> Ted Wasama's on <laughs> alright uh, that's the end of this episode we'll catch y'all uh, for an off topic next week and then we're going to be jumping in to season 2 with Blue Rodeo that should be a joy and likely a two parter we'll catch you then bye bye Yeah.